0: If you die. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSIN.
2: Okay, it's the Lombardi Line here on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the vSIN studios here at the South Point. And we head out to Jersey, Michael Lombardi. And just like that, you blink. And the season's over. 23-20 win. Uh, The Rams are champs, Michael Lombardi. The bookmakers must be in a good mood today because the Rams don't cover. The Bengals' money line falls short. The dog and the under. So 23-20, how are we feeling today?
1: Good, you know, I mean it was I would say the game was entertaining. It was close. I don't think it was well coached. I don't think it was well played nor do I think it was well officiated, but it was, you know, it was an entertaining game. I think I would say that. I think there were so many miscalls, so many wrong narratives. I mean, you could the list goes on and on, you know, uh, you know, but I think you credit the Rams for being resourceful, being able to Get those uh, points when they needed them. They had two drives really in the second half. I mean, think about it, Patrick. They turn the ball over. They lose the turnover margin. They only have two drives where they get first downs in in the second half, you know, and uh, they find a way to win the game because as we've said many times on this broadcast, when you don't score in the fourth quarter in these games in the National Football League, you lose. And after the Bengals went up 20 to 13, they got five more first downs total the remaining 25 minutes of the game.
2: Yeah, and they scored on the opening drive coming out of the half, right? So that was on it. one play. Yeah, on one play. So you just nailed it there. There's a ton to unpack, of course. We've got two hours to do it. It's going to be all Super Bowl recap and looking ahead to next year. Thomas Gable, Will Hill, Deep Blandino is going to join us. Officiating started to – you know, officiating wasn't a part of the story for essentially the whole entire game towards the end there, Mike. until the end there, Michael.
1: Well, they weren't calling anything that had a debate in it. They weren't calling pass interference. They weren't calling any call that – that had at least some form of a of a of a judgment right you know holding pass interference you know all the but what they missed was and i think this is the most glaring uh, glaring uh call that they missed the entire evening and and of course naturally nbc missed it too is the false start first and goal with the eight they false start on the Cooper Cup on the Cooper, second and goal from the eight. Cooper Cup on the holding call. It's a blatant false start. I mean, an absolute blatant false start. The ball should have never been thrown. The The, it, the play should have been dead. There shouldn't have been offsetting penalties. It should have been stopped for the false start. And it should have been second and fifth 14 from the fourteen. And they missed it. And NBC missed it. And, we, and, and so we are going to focus on, let me go over the list. We're going to focus on the fact that they didn't have o- Odell Beckham. This is why the Rams were so bad. The PI call that wasn't there. You know, all these things. But this was the call of the game. This is, this is the game. And they missed it, and we don't even get a chance to discuss it. Meanwhile, America is talking about how did they miss that pass interference call. Well, I mean, that's important, too. That was seven points. But this call was when the game was on the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, it sure was, and and that goes on to with the one-yard strike from Stafford to Cup, right? That was right after that, so it that,
1: was hard. Ho- yeah, was, I mean, and really, I mean, let's be honest. This game allowed McVeigh to to kind of get away from the 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 hostility and the blame he was going to hear for what a horrendous game plan he put together, what a horrendous ability to adjust during the game. And really, you know, for his mismanagement of this whole entire game, you know, he's going to be a Super Bowl winning coach. He's probably going to be at ESPN sometime in the near future. But at at the end of the day, this was one of his worst coaching jobs ever. And he comes out with the trophy.
2: Youngest coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. That's his second appearance in five years. What did you think was McVay's downfall as far as mismanagement in, in the game? I mean, there's so many to
1: start with, right? Let's start with the end of the first half. He snaps the ball. He doesn't have to snap the ball. That's going to go the two-minute warning. They snap it early, and he throws the interception. Snaps, and then the idiot runs on the field and gets a, you know, and gets a penalty. So now it's, uh, you know, they got the ball first and ten at the ten. I mean, that just started. I mean, Sean's inability to ever tie together play calls with game management. Let's go first and goal at the eight. What's he going no huddle for on that whole drive anyway? Like, why is he in a rush? Yeah. What's he running around? They've got – let's put this in perspective, which wasn't done by the broadcast. they got the best field goal kicker in the league right now, including with Tucker. Right? The guy's thir- 14 for 14. So, when that drive's going on, if you're Chris Collinsworth, you're educating America that, look, they've got, to, they've got to play fast but play slow. They've got to milk as much time because if they give Joe Burrow the ball back – and they can get it down to the 48. He's going to make a 58-yard field goal. We had 87 people in the pregame show, 87. We had Maria Taylor changing costumes all through it the whole way. It was unbelievable, right? But we never got to see how far McPherson could kick the ball with the dome. Neither kicker, which is the most important thing as a better and fans. We want to know, right? We're betting in game. We want to know this. But we never get to see that. And McVay doesn't even pay any attention to it on his play calls. He's got first and goal with the eight, and he throws a pass in the back of the end zone. I tweeted out and said, this is either got to be a possession pass or a run. So you can start the clock. You can start the clock and see what Zach Taylor wants to do on the other side. I mean, it was really, really, It was. it's a Super Bowl, but it was not very good. It wasn't, to me, it wasn't coached well. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that you would expect to see of a game of this magnitude.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to be pretty positive. You enjoyed the game. I thought the game was horrible. <laughs> I really thought it was as boring as it could be, that game. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> it was like disjointed, I, I mean, bad coaching, couldn't run the ball, yeah. no, no flow to it. You had a little drama at the end because just the circumstances, but it was really, I don't know, there was an odd vibe to it. It didn't feel grand to, to me.
1: I didn't think there was any adjustments. I thought that the whole the whole commentary of the game was bad. You never really, you know, and then Chris got off on this narrative about Odell Beckham. Like he wasn't on the team. Jefferson's been a good player for him all year. You know, when he got hurt, it wasn't like, okay, they got to work around it. They've got, they went all in this year. Like, you know, like maybe not run the ball with Cam Akers as much, maybe getting two tight ends, maybe try to figure out a way to do something. You know, it's just because you lose one player doesn't mean you're going to lose the Super Bowl. I mean, it made it for. There was we were never getting any kind of a flow to the game. I I, I yeah, was I really
2: disappointed. I agree. And you know, the commit we we kept on talking about because you can generally derived from a game plan as a better if somebody if these coaches are going to commit to the run you can then kind of spawn from there how you want to approach it and we asked consistently whether it was phil sims or martz or and you had great input on it are they going to try to commit to the run mcveigh was committing to the run specifically on first down he was not giving up
1: yeah and and i was wrong It'd be the first one to tell you i thought he could run the ball but they were run blitzing him they were really run-blitzing him, and they were sending their linebackers, and they had the run game. Zach Taylor and Luar Moro. they had the run game right down. They knew exactly by formation how they wanted to run the ball And one of the things I think I missed as a handicapper in helping out the fans at home was the fact that they were able to scheme that run without really getting into an eight-man box or when they did, to be able to run blitz it and take away the runs. And there was no adjustment by the Rams whatsoever on that front. And so there was no way, okay, look, they're taking away the run because this is how we do this. Let's change what we do. Let's do something different. You know, and and they never really did. This is another game where, you know, Sean didn't adjust during the game. He really didn't adjust. I I was worried about Sean from the start of the game. Did you notice how his hand was shaking? Oh, yeah. I I was
2: wondering if that was some sort of – honestly, I don't – the guys take pre-workout, which gives you a little jolt but makes you shaky and jittery. He was shaking nonstop. This isn't projection. It was what I was looking at on my television. I kind of felt for the guy.
1: I did too. I feel like, look, you should go to – I mean, it looked like it was really – the pressure was too much on him. I really felt like he put it all on him. You know, yeah. I, I, I did. I, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense at all when no, I saw just... his hand shaking. But to me, as, as, a, as a somebody observing the game, I was concerned of his ability to see the game, control the game, make adjustments to the game. And I don't think we ever got any of that, and I don't think Zach Taylor did either. I think the best coach on the field was Lou Armoro, the defensive coach for the Bengals.
2: And the irony is he couldn't establish the run. The one call that he made, which was clutch, was that kind of end around to coop to pick up Cooper Cup to pick up the fourth and one when they needed it in their own territory. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, they, you know, they had the, the stack inside. I mean, that leads us to let's talk about our man Zach Taylor. First third down in the game, third and one. What do we talk about on this program constantly in playoff games? Who converts third and ones when? He hands the ball off to Perrine. Now, on that play, uh, Aaron, I mean, Aaron Donald was offside, it's blatantly offside. His helmet was all over the football. No call. Okay, no call. You don't want to call sides, no problem. You want to make the greatest defensive player in the league right now even better, let them line up in the neutral zone. Not a problem. Go ahead. No worries. I mean, that's what you're looking at, but it's okay. We don't mind. So, okay, they give the ball to Perrine. After that, wouldn't you say to yourself, okay, any more short yardages, forget Perrine. If it's third and one, I don't care if he's in our nickel unit, we're going to make sure that, that Mixon, who's the guy who can get us a yard at any time, is in the game. What happens at the end of the game? Second and one, of course, we call a deep pass. Why? I don't know. I don't know. There's 58 seconds we're throwing incomplete passes, right? We don't want to give them any more time. They had 45 seconds. They came back, kick field goal, beat the Bucks. But, of course, Zach Taylor throws an incomplete pass, stops the clock. Third and one, he puts Perrine in there. Then they don't even get to spot that ball. That ball was poorly spotted. That ball was poorly spotted. That was that ball was way closer than it looked, and somebody should have buzzed down and spotted it. Then on fourth down, he make that call. I mean, how do you give the ball to Perrine in the, in the most critical game when you've got a big back behind you? How do you do that?
2: And Mixon was getting off, too. Mixon was having success when he did touch the ball. He would have broken
1: a tackle. He would have gotten you that
2: yard. You had to get that yard.
1: And all you had to do was go 10 more yards, and McPherson's going to send the game in overtime, which is then going to make the over hit. You know, all these things are kind of all predicated on it. This is what makes betting so hard, is you've got some people that are controlling the fortunes of your team with making bad decisions.
2: Yeah, I, I wrote down in my notes during the game. P. Ryan had two third and one carries, crucial third and one carries. So I that, to me. What, why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you got Mixon, who, you know, early on wasn't having success, but you could see he's starting to build momentum, and uh, you're giving the ball to P. Ryan on short yardage plays. So mm, not good. I, listen. It's funny because we just killed McVay. He's a Super Bowl champ, and we still have Taylor to go. So let's get to Taylor, some of the mismanagement when we come back. Also, MVP discussion. We've got some guests coming up. We're just getting started here, recapping Super Bowl 56 Lombardi line.
1: to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi...
2: Once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, of course, king of sports books. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app. All your favorite wagering options and game betting. Boost it. You know what it is. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions or download the app. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1 800 522 4700. just talking to Stephen. As you can imagine, over at the Circa, Michael Lombardi here, Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. As you can imagine, over at Circa yesterday, he said that people were enjoying the libations. And uh, there's a big party going on. I know when I was leaving here at the South Point, it was like I mean, people were already drunk when we d- got done with our morning show yesterday, and they were betting, my man. I w- I'll be curious to see when we have Vinny in on Thursday if it ended up being a record handle for the books here.
1: It was. I mean, look, you know, if if I were to bet in game, I, I was at halftime. A bunch of my friends text me, and they were like, the the it was 13 to 10 at the half, and. You know, that missed field goal, the missed extra point, you know, would have been a push uh, for a lot of people with the four. It would have would have covered the first half. I mean, that 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 was not even really talked about very much. I mean, how that whole changed the, the flow of the game a little bit there. But at, at halftime, I really thought the, the Bengals were going to win. I really did thought they had control of the game. They didn't have the lead, but I thought they had control of the game. And then when the second half started with the one-play touchdown and then Stafford throws the interception off the hands of the receiver, you know, then I thought, okay, this is really it. But I, then I think that's when, to me, when the Rams and Aaron Donald inside finally started to make his presence known and – uh and took over the game and got that sack that pushed them back, not out of field goal range, but certainly affected. They made the field goal anyway. But then after that point, Patrick, from that point on, I mean, they only got they only had five first downs after that and didn't score in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, to me, you 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 can't you, you can't you can't hold on to a 20 to 13 lead and think you're going to make it. There's just no chance. And,
2: yes. you know, and. You said it 13-10 at the half, so 23-and-a-half it closed, so the, the over-betters were bitter. But you nailed it as far as that missed or the botched. He dropped the snap on the extra point. That was everything. If you got in early when the number dropped at three and a half, I mean you I mean, that's, that's the loser right there. If you were betting yeah. the Rams and you got in early ahead of that line movement, that dropped extra point. You knew when that happened. And by the way, to, to further your point going into the half, I swear to you, I know they were up by three. It felt to me like the Rams were losing. All the momentum going too. into the second half was Bengals.
1: You just felt like that Sean McVay had no answer. You felt like he he was calling plays. He was playing battleship football. He had no real answer for what he was trying to accomplish. And, and it was clear, you know, and, and his, his inability to manage the game, his inability to manage, you know, the situation. And you never really got the sense that – that, you know, the Bengals were going to get stopped offensively. I mean, Chase was wearing down on Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey has this reputation. But at some point, can we just say Ramsey didn't play good? Is that going to get you in that much trouble if you say it? Like, seriously, are you going to get in trouble if you say Ramsey didn't play good? I mean, are they not going to allow you in the Rams facility next year because you said Ramsey didn't play good? Are you not going to be able to have a Q- Q&A with the coach next year if you say Ramsey's playing like crap? I mean, like seriously, what's wrong
2: with that? <laughs> the offensive line of the Bengals, we, we had to discuss it leading into this game and seven sacks, a record 19 sacks on Burrow in the postseason. I read 16 pressures. It felt like he was pressured on every down. Yeah, he got. and, and,
1: he, and can I say this too? He didn't play good. I mean, let's be he real clear here. He was a little off. Joe little did not off. play. Yeah. Joe did not. This was a C minus game for Joe Burrow. It really was. He misses the the he misses the running back down the field for you know. And of course, naturally, we're told that you know Chase was being brilliantly covered by Ramsey. Well, the guy's wide open, and he overthrows him by three yards. I mean, he made some bad throws in this game. And, and, and so, and he made some bad decisions. I mean, I think the pressure finally got to him, especially in the second half when he started to just get. He was holding the ball, and and he had nowhere to go with it. But I would say this was a really one of his of the four playoff games
2: he played, and this was by
1: far his worst game.
2: I couldn't believe how well the defensive front and the linebackers played for the Bengals. No Ogunjobi in the middle. And they were that. That was they looked faster. Hendrickson we know is a stud, but they just looked fast. They were all over the place. They were sure tacklers. I was impressed by the defense, the Bengals. You know, I I mean, where I
1: really feel badly is I, I should have figured that they were going to be able to run stunt the run. I thought they would try to let him run it a little bit to try to. But I think what the mentality was, if you take away the run, go back to Super Bowl two years ago in 2018, when you take away the run and you make McVay have to throw the football, he doesn't really have a drop back pass game like a lot of these guys they don't have. And it becomes a harder game for him to call and manage. And I, and I think that Lou did a great job with that. I think he deserves a ton of credit. The run stunts, the way they knew where he was going to run the ball, the way they set the blockers, they created the edge. You know, they were talking about this outside zone and, and how great Acres runs it to the No, 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 the no, no. The, the outside zone, they don't run the outside zone like they do in San Francisco. They don't toss it. It's a different. And I think Lou did a great job of defending
2: it. We talked about McVay's inability to adjust. Taylor, the two runs to P, Ryan, we get that. Um, what was your takeaway from Zach Taylor's overall performance, Super Bowl 56?
1: Well, I think he was trying to, you know, he thought he had pretty good control of the game with the fact that the, the line wasn't going to, ca- to tear him down. You know, I think in the first half they weren't, he wasn't sacked at all. But I think once he was trying to balance between, and this is the challenge you have as any coach, I think he got to the mindset of, if I don't turn this thing over, I'm going to win right? I mean, that's what I was feeling like what his play column was going through. I thought he made a really good adjustment. He got it at two tight ends. There was a lot of times that Andre Smith, the, the tackle, number 70, was playing tight end. Of course, we wouldn't have known it. they never mentioned it. But he was in the game to help him run block, to create some me- mismatches on the edge. And I got the sense there, Patrick, that he was more about, if I don't turn this thing over, if I protect Joe, I think we're going to win it. 20 to 13, 20 to 16. Mm-hmm. I think my defense is going to stop I him. Right. I think I think that's where he miscalculated the game. I think he should have been more aggressive. You know, but when he was trying to be aggressive, you know, his the best field position he had after after he scored to make it twenty to thirteen was his own twenty five yard line. He kept getting in bad field position, and he couldn't create a play to get out of it.
2: This is you know, um, yeah,
1: and, and he only had five first downs from that point on in the
2: game. Yep. Yeah. And this is nitpicking, but this is overall governance of a team. When Vernon Hargraves, and you remember him yeah. at Florida, the defensive. It's not nitpicking. How, how is that possible? Like, seriously, when they, they he, backed him up 15 yards when Hargraves, he wasn't even suited up and ran into the end zone. How is that – literally, how is that possible? I mean, obviously somebody – You think Belichick, that, look, you think somebody's running on the field? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine?
1: No. I mean, you can just see its It's just, a, you know, look, it, it, how about the penalty that they didn't call on Prince? I mean, Donald literally does a great job of running down the line. He pushes Burrow out of bounds, and then Prince comes over and smacks him right in front of the referee. Don't even call it.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, like, like they're, they're, it's it's a fight, you know? And they're they're having a fight's going to break out, and they don't call anything. I mean, they clearly didn't want to call. They did not want to be part of the game. And at the end of the day, they became part of the game because they didn't do anything. I mean, how many more times is Ron Tolbert not going to call false starts that affects a game? Let's go back to Cincinnati in Week what, 16, 17, when they had the ball at the one-yard line and the, the left guard of Cincinnati false starts. It should be fourth and five from the fourth and goal from the six. It's not. They
2: let the play go. That was Tolbert's crew. It, the offseason, it's going to be the to-do list for the Bengals is going to be pretty simple. At the very top, it's going to be offensive line. Maybe you sure up the back end of the defense a little bit, but they need to fix that offensive line. They're going to get the kid killed. Yeah. Going seven, to seven, killed. That I mean, 19 he, sacks in the postseason? I mean, he literally got killed in and that How many game did he just, get away so, from? I mean, he was pressured I'm nonstop. Right. Yep. You know, I mean, he was yep. under duress. Not What, they run 65 plays? He was under duress the whole entire time. And I agree with the, you. I don't think Burrow was good. A couple overthrows when he nervous. But he, he was – I'm looking right now. He's constantly under pressure. He was all constantly the time. under pressure.
1: But when he had a chance to make the he throw didn't make to the, place. The, the running back, he didn't make the plays. you got to make those. The one thing about playing in a Super Bowl game, you can't have long foul balls. You just can't. The game is too close, and especially in this kind of game. Look, to me, I think, you know, the way I handicapped the game, I thought it should have been a 10-point, 11-point guide at 31-20. to 20. I still think that was the right score. I think the Rams should have covered this game, you know, the, but, they, but they had one of the worst game plans that I thought, and they didn't. And the fact that they won it with minus two in the turnover takeaway shows you how, how they were able to do this.
2: Yep, you nailed it. Generally, you you nailed it with the turnovers. By the way, uh, this better here in town at BetMGM, he had a million on the Rams first quarter laying a half, and he had a million on the Rams laying two and a half in the first half. I don't know how he got two and a half, but he just won a mil, minus 120, two and a half, and it was three everywhere. So BetMGM gave that. So that guy won $2 million before halftime as we head into town. Yeah, God time. bless him God bless him <laughs> where are you at bro if you're in town uh, well no hit me you, up you know what I don't need you. I got a, I got a last last name Lombardi family moving to town. They're going to have some fresh yeah, you cash. You got one on right there. Too. He's there.
1: He's over there working. He's got oh, his he name working? played on his office. Oh, yeah, he's in there working. Don't worry. Okay, so he's probably he's
2: at the Henderson. He's at the uh, training facility in Henderson, which is gorgeous. You bet. With the big flame out in front. That's pretty damn cool. Nick Lombardi, new offensive coordinator here in town. We continue. MVP Cooper Cup next. To the
0: Lombardi line on vSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. vSIN
2: has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get all access to everything we do from now through college basketball championship on April 4th for $29. So you can sign up, get our daily best bet emails 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, breakdown brackets, of course, full access to vSIN.com for our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. It's bsen.com slash madness to sign up. BCN.com slash madness. Got about three weeks until the conference championship, so looking forward to some college hoops as we get into March Madness as well. Me too, Patrick. Me too. Mr. College. looking Mr. forward. Mr. C Belly yeah, over there. I'm
1: ready for it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I just a, a friend of mine just texted me and reminded me, too. You know, we talking about Burrow's poor play in the first half. I mean, you know, he goes for it. Zach goes for it, which we said on the show that he was was going to be aggressive at midfield, right? We thought that was going to be the case because I kind of felt like he was going to try to be aggressive and go for it, which he did. Fourth and one. I mean, I don't know what Chris was watching. I really don't. I hate to pick on him, but the, the receiver over the back in the flats wide open, wide open, and they never th- and he don't throw it to him. He throws it. He tries to fit the ball into chase and the, and, and 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 they get and it and it gets blocked. The pass gets knotted back down. I yep. mean, that was one of the worst calls you could. I mean, that call. Maybe you punt there if you're playing the way you're playing on defense, the way they played the opening drive of the game, you know that, that seven points
2: that field position killed them. Yeah, Thomas Gable joining us now here. At Lombardi Line runs the race in sports book over at the Borgata. Uh, Thomas, hi buddy. How are how are you? I'm guessing good. You got to be in a good mood today, no?
3: Yeah, we we uh, came out uh, pretty well. Uh, decent result for us. Not the greatest result. Uh, if the Bengals had uh, won that game outright, twenty three twenty, that would have been the best case scenario for us. But uh, uh, we ended up uh, on the right side of it.
2: Ended up on the right side. Did you ta- did you have liability on the total twenty three twenty? Obviously, stays under the posted total.
3: Yeah, that was a big. Um, That was big for us and um, for that to stay under. And certainly that was towards the end of the game there, you know, with the Bengals got the ball back with a minute left. You know, all they needed was a field goal to tie that and send it to overtime, which would have been uh, really bad, I think, for probably most books because the overtime prop there, people betting the yes uh, on the overtime, uh, getting that big plus price, that would have ended up paying out. And then it, it would have pushed the game uh, to go over the total, which is something we certainly didn't want to see. Uh, so the fact that it stayed under there uh, was was certainly key for us. Uh, you know, we ended up losing both the first half and the second half. The Rams were getting bet heavily on the first half line. Uh, it was a six-figure decision for us in that and then uh at halftime everybody came back and um uh took the half a point the the second half line was half point uh Rams laying in half point and they were taking the Bengals and the second half ended up 10-10 so if you bet the Bengals second half line you uh you won by a half a point so uh we lost on the second half as well but won for the full game
1: Thomas, let me ask you, I mean, the the Miss Extra point just had to make you completely delightful, right? In the first half, what, what did you end up going that? Was it three first half Rams?
3: Yes. Yeah, the line was three and twenty three and a half with the total. Um but I mean again, we everybody was on the Rams. I mean they were and it was we were taking bigger bets, nothing six figures on the Ram's first half, but it was you know eighty thousand seventy thousand sixty thousand and these were adding up to a lot of liability there on the Ram's first half and so we ended up uh, losing pretty heavily there on the first half line
2: wait I thought he, to michael's point that that dropped extra point that would have put you over didn't you end up pushing on the first half with that did you close three we
3: close three so yeah we pushed on that but it was there was also a lot of Rams money line first oh half okay
2: run. gotcha they also yeah. went money line yeah. yeah that yeah
3: you're right that that did push on the first half yeah yeah no dog, would it would have been even worse and and to, and, yeah. and
2: Michael that's why I kept on monitoring and by the way I think it went all the way up to two dollars here as well I kept on monitoring that that money line with the I Rams because I, I was just like what why would you get into that danger zone of four and a half you know that those yeah. points hanging there it's like if you're gonna invest invest in a dollar eighty as as opposed to laying the four and a half, you know, Michael. Yeah, no it's, doubt, it, you.
1: I think your advice v- was well taken. I mean, and, and with Thomas, what you talked about tying it to the to the coin toss. I think you would have won that too, right?
3: <laughs> the the coin yeah. toss yeah. has been yeah. Either it? way, I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, you would have made out better had you bet the uh, the Rams and the and the two. Uh, coin toss, uh, props there. Uh,
2: yeah, and d- how about overall, uh, is the accounting done with props? I mean, it's like yep. I would imagine the dust has settled by now. How'd you do overall with just props?
3: Yeah, the guys worked, uh, diligently, uh, last night to get those props graded. There's just so many that you have to go through at the end. They did a great job, um, getting them graded in a timely fashion so people could cash out. But, uh, we ended up okay on the prop market. You know, player props. Um, you know, lost a little bit. We did take that bigger bet on uh, Stafford to uh, throw an interception, which obviously cashed in the first half. He just had to throw uh, at least one interception. We took a seventy-five thousand dollars wager on that, so uh, no sweat for that guy. Um, and then. Uh, but the we we went got away unscathed in the uh, first touchdown score market, uh, MVP market. We did well with uh, with Cup winning there at six to one. Uh, you know OBJ cashed the first uh, TD score prop that he was he went off at plus six fifty. So uh, we made out okay with that. And um, you know a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the, the props as far as just for individual players. Uh, receiving yards and rushing yards, uh, we came out pretty decent on that as well. So, uh, I know we lost the coin toss prop. Uh, a lot of people were on heads here, <laughs> and uh, uh, the the book erupted with uh, with heads. I said to somebody right away, so you can you can tell that we needed tails. Well, you take, it takes a lot out? of
2: skill to get into that. Get involved with that. Th-
1: one. Thomas, I want to ask you a question because I didn't really. At once the game was over, I I, I was done. I, I had to get up early to do a pod this morning, but. Uh, when the game was ended, and you had Laya, you had a bunch of bets on MVP for the game, what who did you think was going to be the MVP of the game?
3: You know, honestly, I, I think it could have went to, to Aaron Donald. That's what uh, I, I, thought. I thought. I thought the
1: same thing. I thought you know they got five first downs after they made it twenty to thirteen. The, the Bengals' offense did nothing. He was in the backfield, sacking this guy left and right. And you know and I'm thinking he's the MVP. I didn't even think until this morning when I got up and read that it was the Cooper Cup. I'm like I mean cups are I mean they they could have shared it at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's sick what do you close 6? F- are
3: you able to do that? Are you, are they able to do, do co- they have co-MVPs? co-MVPs?
2: Yep. Did, did, did you close 6 or 7 to 1 on cup? Uh, 6 to 1 we close. So Michael, you had you would have given it to Donald I would have given it to Donald. I
1: mean, he was the most disruptive. He made the play at the end of the game. I mean, he made the sack that pushed him back in field goal range. The, 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 the fact they only got five first downs in the entire game at with 25 minutes left to play and basically scored nothing after they made it 20-13. to 13. I mean, it was Donald. To me, he was the best player on the field. I mean, Cup was sensational. He made some great plays, but so did Stafford. Stafford made a great throw on the back shoulder fade. You know, Stafford made a great, great throw on the in-cut. You know, I mean, to me, that those two throws, the back shoulder fade, the in-cut that Stafford made were great throws. You know, the touchdown pass, he missed a touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, but, you know, Cup's gonna b- benefit from the holding call that really wasn't holding. I mean, come on.
2: Our Harvey Martin, Randy White, Super Bowl 12 co-MVPs. Good job, Steve. I mean, I think research. you could make you. I,
1: I think you, it was just, to me it was a stronger case for 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 Donald because he did so damn much. I mean, he was a force in there. I mean, because i tell say this for the first half, I didn't hear his name. He was non-factor in the first half.
3: Okay, here No, I agree. I think it was the second half where he really came alive and you know, I again I thought it, he earned it. I didn't think you could give it to Stafford, but um it, you know, I if there was anybody on the Rams, I thought it was, should have been Donald.
2: Okay, here's the question everybody wants to know. So, betting's never been bigger. It gets bigger by the day, specifically there in Jersey with the apps where you guys just dominate. The Borgata is the best sports book there in town. Was this a record handle, Super Bowl 56 for the Borgata?
3: Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. We came in uh, right around what we did uh, last year, which is a big number. And uh, uh, but it was just under last year's. So uh, still, I mean, we're happy with the results. Uh, we certainly held a lot better than last year. Um, so I can't complain on that front. Uh, I'll take less right for uh, for more money in our pocket at the end of the day.
2: Right, because then you but get ten I mean- percent of that, right?
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I wish. I wish. Go ahead, Michael.
2: Hey, what? What? The
1: it had to be the Eagles Super Bowl, right? I mean, the Eagles Super Bowl was the, was the most bet, right? Is that the one that was the most well, bet we, for you, Thomas? We missed
3: that one. That yeah, was the last one in Jersey before legalization happened in got the it. state. I got it. I uh, got it. And actually, we we probably lucked out that that was the case.
2: Well, con- congratulations, T.G. I can hear a little pep in your voice there. Congratulations to you at the Borgata. It's always a great football season, in you. You're a great teammate. We appreciate you, buddy.
3: All right. Thank you, guys.
2: Appreciate you. Okay. Thomas Gable, racing sports book director at the Borgata. He's in a good mood. Will Hill joins us next here at Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM.
3: to the Lombardi line
1: on v Sin, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again
2: here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we transition with BetMGM special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game tonight. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks. This is for, and it's paid for in free bets, this is for new bettors over at BetMGM. v 200 is the code. V S I 200. And again, you get points you can redeem for online bonuses or uh, converted into comps at 20 MGM resorts nationwide. So it's pretty cool. And also BetMGM is a proud uh, partner and gaming partner of the association. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code vsin 200 to win $200 paid for in free bets. If either team hits a three-pointer, please gamble responsibly. If you do have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Lombardi Line here on VSIN the Esports Betting Network. Just talking to Stephen Bond. Great effort and work by everyone just take a second michael and you can jump in with me uh but Mm -hmm. from our from our show into the billy walter special into coverage that continued through the super bowl through follow the money it's steven and dustin and everybody behind the scenes i don't want to leave out anybody so i apologize Mm -hmm. uh but just an awesome effort 56 hours of programming and i thought visa knocked it out the park
1: You know, it was our finest hour as a network. You know, when Brian and Bill A.D. started this network six years ago uh, to where we were yesterday was truly a testament to their leadership to their ability and all these dedicated people that have been here. And, and you know, like Dez and Ken have been here since the beginning and have made this thing work and have, have kind of grown this company to where we are today and will continue to grow this company. So it's, it was a proud moment to watch it all unfold. And next year with the Super Bowl in Vegas, I
2: think it is in Vegas, right, Patrick? Two years it's in Vegas. Next year I think Two it's years. in Arizona next year.
1: Arizona well I mean once it once we get it we'll have the draft to celebrate watch what we do at the draft so it just was a great day it really was it yeah. was an enjoyable day to to get away from some of that pregame rhetoric that we listen to and get into something that more substantial
2: yeah my I, I'm glad you brought up Ken and Des Miles uh, Derek was here yesterday those of you that were running boards and stuff that you, you're not forgotten you weren't missed so thank you all and to Brian and Bill AD you know congratulations uh you've employed a lot of people and you got the number one betting network on the planet and i think you're making betters more sophisticated and it was a great great effort by everybody around so congratulations to the whole team and we bring in a part of the team now will hill joins us here on the lombardi line new york city cast over at vson.com podcast how'd we turn out at the will hill household on the super bowl overall buddy
5: no complaints, no complaints. I really would have appreciated if Zach Taylor used his last timeout. So Stafford kneeled one more time and he got under his rushing prop. It was really strange how he, you know, he went. Look, there's a one in a million chance that he's going to fumble a snap. But it's happened before. Phillip Rivers uh, on Halloween 2011 fumbled a snap. It cost him a game. Why you go to the offseason with one timeout in your pocket, I don't know, but cost me a little bit. But other than that, it was pretty good. Mostly on Rams money line under props came out a little bit ahead so it was fun I thought the game what it lacked in quality of play made up for a drama uh, anytime you got fourth and one from midfield where let's face it a first down there they're, they're going to get a field goal range games probably going to overtime uh, and it comes down to that it, it really it was a dramatic finish I didn't think it was well coached well announced probably not even well officiated I, I do think uh, becomes more of a spectacle than anything. I don't know if it's the two weeks off. I mean, you got the rock on the field doing five minutes before the game while the players are on the field. It becomes such an event that I don't know if it hurts the play or whatever, but uh, I didn't think it was the highest quality of play, but uh, really an, an exciting game.
2: Yeah, Michael, you two were more, I guess I, I was a little mm-hmm. negative earlier. I think you're right. I think it started to culminate, and I think it started to build to some drama. I just... Again, maybe it was the broadcast. I don't know. There was something that was lacking in the officiating. You mentioned, and it was it, it was
1: a poorly played game. Disjointed. I mean, this it was it was an it was a it almost looked like an October game with no with no calls. That's what it looked like, and and had there been the calls in it, we would have been complaining about all the calls. And it was a, really it wasn't. And and I, you know, for me, I don't know, Will, what you think of this, but after the game, yes, the Rams are world champions. But I didn't yeah. get the feeling that they were the best team in the NFL. I just didn't feel I, like that after yeah. that game. And
4: Neither I think that's I, what
1: made the game feel stale. I kept thinking, I feel bad for Buffalo Bill fans because if Buffalo was on this field today, they were the best team. And if Kansas City was on this field today, they might have been the best team, you know. And I'm sure Brady watching it, wherever he was watching it, thinking, damn, we really blew it.
5: Yeah, I had the same exact thoughts and I really I hate the idea that McVay's a Super Bowl champ now because I hated the way he called the game yesterday. I hated, you know, the runs for no yards just time and time again. I thought was really bad. And, you know, he's a lot like Shanahan. Andy Reid was like this for a while. There's a disconnect. These guys are so good in terms of, you know, designing an offense. But there's just a gap between designing an offense and just calling the game. You know, he snaps the ball with two oh one left in the fourth quarter. Like, why are you hurrying? Why are you going no huddle? It, it made no sense to me. And, you know, it's kind of strange that he's already going to broadcasting. And, again, it just shows, uh, you know, Parcells would get burned out three or four years. It shows the greatness of Belichick to come back year after year after year. These guys get burned out. And it's, you know, Belichick's remarkable because he's the one exception. It, it's really it's, – it's incredible.
2: You know, I think sometimes we uh, – some of the viewers might think we're a little frivolous when we constantly talk about the half a point, Michael, the half a point. Imagine yeah. if you got the best of the number, which was three and a half, and you lost this one, right? Imagine getting yeah. ahead of the number, which was three and a half when it dropped, and that, dro- that dropped extra point. That is why we stress the importance of a half a point. I mean, that's really what it comes to, I- constantly stressing that.
1: I-, I think the one thing we-, we did with our help desk, and I think Will did this and you did this, is trying to give people options when they bet, to not always have to make it about the one line. You know, take the money. If you like the Rams, as I did, take the money line or do what Thomas Gable suggested. Attach it to something else, and you'll get a better number than the money line. I mean, think outside the box because, mm-hmm. as we know, you know, we're going to sit here and cry about the the fumble. You know, if you got three and a half and, and the kid just doesn't even put the ball down, which he does a thousand <laughs> times, you know, and you miss that one point, you know, and it just kills you. And him. so I think that, that this is – I think this game was a true lesson as we move forward on creating options for yourself within the betting world.
2: Good. Well put. Well, who was the
1: Will Hill MVP?
5: Uh, I uh, – you know, I, I think – Well, Cook let me a, a, ask it this shot. way. What, yeah.
1: When the game was over, who did you think the MVP was?
5: Probably Donald. Probably Donald. You know, everybody does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, how about it, it, the boy drop? How about the boy drop? I don't know if you guys the boy drop is huge. Yeah. I mean, I think it, he wouldn't have had the first down, but it would have been like fourth. And it one. Would like it would have been a decision. It would have been a decision, right? there. He would have
2: gone for it too. I, I agree. Based on, based on what he had done previously. Uh, so you had Donald, it, it is interesting. A quarterback throws three touchdown passes and doesn't win it. I mean, generally that goes to the quarterback. Um it, what but you th- never
1: felt like he played good in the game, though. You felt like he was, you know, but again, you know, you're giving it the cup. And the the plays he made the cup, the back shoulder throw, the in route, the big in route that he made, which if you watch it from the end zone, it was a spectacular kind of a no-look throw that he put on. I mean, it was a rare throw. That was a great rare throw. I skills. saw that. It was, that was it was incredible. It was, it was an MVP-like throw. The Some of the throws he makes, the cup, I mean, he, he makes them. I mean, cup just catches them.
5: I know who it wasn't. It wasn't Cam Akers. Can we stop with the Cam Akers? I mean, the handoff for no yards, it was just so inefficient to give him the ball. And enough Ben Skironik. I mean, every time he threw the ball to Ben Skaronik, like, what are you doing? <laughs> enough of Ben Skironik, please. Enough.
2: How about the how about those that were all in on OBJ with the props? Ooh. When he went down. When he went down, it was immediate. You knew exactly what it yeah. was, right? Um, yeah. And by the way, to your both your points. Uh, MGM already, the look ahead for 2022 Super Bowl favorites. The Bills and Chiefs are both 7.5 to 1. The Rams are 11 to 1. So, as you said, Will, you didn't feel like you were watching the two best teams yesterday
5: and I I think Lombardi made a good point the Bengals are going to find out it's very hard to get back to this game you're going to have to come a long way to get to where you were at last night with you know second and one from midfield where a first down you're going to tie the game Uh, they had so many chances where they're up four with the ball where a couple first downs you know a field goal a touchdown you can kind of put the game away or take control of it it's very hard to get back we talked about this with the bills we're like oh they have Allen they're young they'll be back I mean you can go a long time in, in this league without getting back, and it's going to be very hard. They're in a good division, a good conference. Uh, I wouldn't bet on them getting back anytime soon. I think they're more likely to miss the playoffs next year than get back to the Super Bowl. It's very difficult.
1: I, I agree, you know, and I mean they're going to say, well, they got all this cap room and they're going to fix it. Look, the one thing they do know, and Mike Brown's smart, he's been around the league a long time. He's got his quarterback's going to enter year three, and his quarterback's going to make a lot of money. And the time to go, I think he has to wait till after the third year before he could actually enter into contracts. But he's got to, to save cap room for him. He knows he's probably going to have to sign this receiver at some point down the road. So you've got to put that in your planning. I think the number one thing he know he should do now is why these two guys have low cap numbers. Members, is continue to build a team around because when you have to pay them, you know, then there's not going to be any cap room to make the team better.
2: If Dan Marino's driving around Miami and just heard Will Hill talking about it's hard to get back, he's like, you know what? He's, that guy's on to something. That guy, yeah, no, that's <laughs> that, right. that guy is on to something. Not only yeah. did Dan
1: not only did he not get back, he went four years in his prime from the time he was 24 to 28 that he didn't even make the playoffs with the winningest coach in NFL history. Yeah,
5: Peyton Manning's about as good as anyone as I've ever seen. He went a long time. I mean, he only went to what two with the Colts, then he he limped into that one a couple with the Broncos. But those Manning Colts teams, they didn't get there a lot. It, it's really hard, and the AFC's good. Lamar will be back. I mean, you got Herbert, Mahomes, Allen. It's it's uh it's tough. It's really tough. They had a chance last night. They really did.
2: Rodgers is as pure as anybody we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, you look what he's done yeah. in the postseason. Okay. Well, you and I uh, just saw it on Twitter. You and Danielle with a recap. Up at the a New recap. York City cost? Cost? dot com slash podcast. Okay, well, great job, buddy. Uh, congratulations nice. on Good the wins yesterday. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Okay, there goes Will Hill and we continue here, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. MGM. We got Dean Blandino coming up as well.